What's up, guys? Welcome back to the Glory UJ Podcast. I'm Tyler, and with me on the other end of the line, it's two shows in a row. Kurt, man, I'm back with it here, bud. But it's my co-host, Curtis, and uh, you guys you guys know what week it is. It's the big one. You know what's at stake this week. I don't have to tell you that, but Curtis and I will obviously be spending today's show breaking down the mega rematch between our dogs and the Auburn Tigers in the SEC Championship game. But first, just a couple quick reminders to throw your way. You guys can follow us on Twitter at Glory underscore UGA. You can also email us any questions and thoughts you might have to our uh, email address. That's GloryUGAPodcast at gmail.com. And I admittedly have not been great about checking that over the past couple of weeks. It's just been crazy hectic here with the holiday weekend or holiday season. It's just been nuts. So uh, really no excuse. I apologize. If you've been waiting on a response, that's totally my bad. I will do much better at that moving forward. Uh, but you can definitely send us any thoughts Email if that's easier for you than social media. Uh, and you can also find the show on a bunch of different podcasting platforms out there. I know a lot of you guys have been listening for a while, so you know all that. But if you're a newer listener, you guys can find us on a bunch of platforms. We're on the big ones like iTunes and SoundCloud, Stitcher and TuneIn apps as well, and also the uh, Dog Sports Radio Internet Radio website. You can also download the Dog Sports Radio app to your smartphone. So hopefully... One of those will work for you guys. But uh, enough of that, guys. Let's go ahead and dig into this, man. we got a lot of meat on this bone. Got a, a huge, huge ma- matchup here to be, or I guess a rematch, not just a matchup, but a rematch to dig into. So, Kurt, let's go ahead and let's start with this question. There's a couple of things I want to look at this. Obviously, like, I don't want to completely break down Auburn like we would in our normal game breakdown because we just we just did that three weeks ago and it'd be the same exact show over again. So we're going to do this a little bit differently, and I'm going to start with this question. So obviously, since this is a rematch, and we've already played Auburn, we all know how that turned out. Uh, And we talked about this a little bit with the Auburn recap show, actually a lot with the Auburn recap show, but let's just start here and then take it from from this point. Kurt, how was Auburn, let's kind of just go back through this, how was Auburn able to beat us so decisively last time? I mean, mean, it was a 23-point game. And there are a lot of things that happened in that game. But if you had to boil it down to a couple of things, Kurt, what was it that allowed Auburn to beat us so decisively by three by a three-touchdown margin a couple weeks ago? I, uh, to begin with, I think you there's no question that the very first point that they really killed us was on the line of scrimmage. They controlled con- completely dominated that, and that took us out of our game. Um, that was really the biggest thing, uh, both sides of the ball, offensively and defensively. And um, then when you really get into it, other than that, you I think the lack of discipline really killed us. They were we weren't holding the edge; they were getting out on the outside. Um, we were you know dropping passes and throwing some passes to wide open people. And then at the same time, you know the lack of discipline when it came to the um, you know the penalties that we were having, um, the dropped um, ball by me call. Yeah, I mean, the muff some punt. Of those things, yeah, yeah, the muff punt. I mean, it's just a lack of attention and di- uh, discipline, really. Um, allowed the game to spiral um you know we were down but i think the game was still winnable but once really we really start being undisciplined and not playing assignment football then it just spiraled out of control yeah that's right in the ship and that's something to remember i know it's very easy just to kind of look at the 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 score the final score there look at the box score and say man georgia got absolutely slaughtered and i guess according to the score yeah that's true but that doesn't really tell the entire story because in that first half we were very much in that game uh, if, if a few, if we hadn't done, if, there were, if we had just refrained from committing a few stupid mistakes, we might have been winning at halftime, and we had a chance to be down one score. So it wasn't like they just absolutely blew us out in the first half. We came and went in winning the halftime with a fighting chance, no doubt about it. Get a stop to open the second half, and you get the muff punt. 
Uh, and then, like you said, spiral out of control is a good way to describe that. It kind of just, it snowballed on us. It was a snowball effect, uh, just kind of like, like Notre Dame and Miami, which was the same weekend. It's weird how two road teams, us at Auburn, Notre Dame at Miami, the same thing happened. The, the home team got out to, uh, it was a huge matchup. The home crowd was was jacked up. They get out to an early, good things happen for them, bad things happen for the road team with, with us and Notre Dame. And things just kind of snowballed out of control after that kind of spiraled, like you said. I tend to agree with pretty much everything you said there. Uh, the line of scrimmage was a big deal. The, it, they, I think they, they more or less controlled both lines of scrimmage, offensively and defensively. But I think the, the bigger issue was that they stopped our run game, right? Their defensive front was just, uh, they were a force. And stopping our running game, holding us to 46 yards rushing. Guys, we are still, even with that number, we're still a top 10 rushing offense nationally. They held us to 46 yards rushing and 1.4 yards a carry. It wasn't like we weren't trying to run the football. We were. We just couldn't get anywhere. 1.4 yards a carry, which is not even close. Obviously, our lowest t- output of the entire year in both categories, total rushing yards and yards per carry. So they stopped our run game. And if you guys, I mean, you look, we run the ball about 70% of the time. I mean, that's that's just what we do. And if you stop our running game, we kept saying all year long, what's going to happen? Are we going to be able to pass our way out of it, kind of pass our way to victory? And we saw, at least for that one day, the answer was no, we weren't able to. I think a big part of that was their pass rushing. Uh, I also think to kind of go along with stopping our running game, you think, okay, well, if they stop our running game, well, we got to take to the air, like I just mentioned. That, oh, that makes sense. But the thing was, they defended us a little bit differently on the outside than most other teams have. Most teams have played off of us a little bit there, and they kind of given us those quick hitches. Auburn, not so much. They trust their DBs. They trust their corners out there in man coverage. They pressed our wide receivers. They took away those short hitches that we were, we've were we been just eating up yardage on against teams like South Carolina, uh, Kentucky, did against Tech a couple times as well. So they took away the hitches, and they, by pressing our wide receivers like that, making it tougher than we got the line of scrimmage, it took away a lot of our RPO game. If you guys have watched this closely, you know this. We've We've run a heavy amount of RPOs this year, slants across the middle, uh, all sorts of different types of RPOs we've put into effect, but slants being probably the, the primary mode that we were, we're trying to run the RPOs there. So I think that's a big part of it also. I also look at Auburn offensively. They were very balanced in their production offensively, not necessarily in like their total, like how many times they run the football versus how many times they throw. It wasn't like they threw 50% of the time and ran it 50% of the time. But if you look at their output offensively, it was a very balanced uh, level of production. They pat, they threw for 251 yards, ran for 237. That's almost as balanced as it gets right there. And that's very tough to defend when an offense is that balanced in, in terms of how they're attacking a defense based on their production. And you you hit the big one, Kerr. I think, like I said with the Auburn recap show, they beat us because they controlled the line of scrimmage for most of that game. They blew us out. I'll say it again. They blew us out because of all the mistakes, the very uncharacteristic mistakes we made. The leaping call on DeAndre Walker on a punt that led to a touchdown, uh, which shouldn't have happened. We had a missed touchdown pass, a wide open walk-in touchdown pass that we just missed. Uh, we had a fl- that flea flicker. We had three guys running open for a touchdown and just missed a block on the interior there, and, and Fromm couldn't get the ball off. Then the muff punt, like you mentioned by Miko. And they kind of just, because of those things, they got out to a lead. And uh, they just took us out of our comfort zone of running the football and kind of just controlling the clock there. So I think that was the recipe for Auburn to kind of blow us out there. Uh, so we all know that, though. I, I don't want to recap that too much because we've been there. We've done that. We all know what happened. We all saw it. The bigger question for this game, Curtis. Okay, so that's how they were able to beat us so decisively. I wanted to bring that up because the important question for us is, okay, if that's how they were able to do that, for this game, how much of that, how much of all those factors that led to us getting blown out, how much can we expect that to reasonably change 
this time around in the Georgia, or not the Georgia, wow, in Mercedes-Benz Stadium for the SEC Talker. How much of that can we expect to change? I think you're going to see a change in, I think, uh, the lack of discipline. I think that's going to be the big thing. Because that, that's the one thing that we can control. True. You know, sometimes, I mean, I know that you that the line of scrimmage, sometimes that's, they're just that good. But we can control those mistakes that we were making. That was, I mean, that's not that's stuff that's within our grasp that we Absolutely. shouldn't allow. I mean, those penalties, the muff punt, things like that. I mean, we can stop that from happening. And I think if you do, that that's the first step in taking back. It'll, the it'll game. at least put us within striking distance. Because, like I exactly. said, we, I mean, we, we still would have lost. We, we probably still would have lost without making all those dumb mistakes. But it would have been a much closer game. It would have been maybe a field well, yeah, goal or a touchdown like, game. Especially in the second half when it started, like you said, a snowball out of out of out of out of control. I mean, you got to think about it. The uh, the leaping penalty that was a four, or not, maybe not fourteen point swing, but at least that gave them a seven point a touchdown instead of giving us the ball. Um, things like that that really led to the snowball. I mean, that that's absolutely. And, and that's the things that we can stop from happening. And the thing is, I think you're exactly right on that. I think that's one thing that we can actually expect to change. I don't expect us to make those same mistakes because think about it. That's the only game this year where we've done those things. That It was the absolute 100%. It was the anomaly on the season. For the other 11 games, we haven't come close to doing stupid things like that, have we? No, I mean... Not like that. Not not, not to that degree. Yeah, not, not a leaping penalty stuff that stupid, which we hadn't done all year. Just stupid. I mean, muffing punts like that after you get a big stop, uh, missing wide. I mean, let's be. I mean, Fromm hasn't been perfect this year, but Fromm has been accurate on the deep ball for the for the vast majority of the time. And he just he it wasn't the worst throw to Ridley there, but he just didn't put it on Ridley in stride. Should have been a walk in touchdown, and we just missed that. We haven't. Fromm hasn't been doing that all year. He hasn't been doing that all year, but he missed a wide open guy. So I really think. Uh, some of those mistakes, like, uh, and like the, the Malcolm Parrish hit out of bounds, all those kind of things, those are things that we haven't done all year outside the Auburn game. So I don't – like the thing is Auburn didn't force us to do those things, right? No, no, It no, wasn't no. anything Auburn did. That was – like you said, that was all us. That was within our control. And I just simply don't expect those things to happen. I'm not going to say we're going to play a perfect game. We're not going to make any mistakes. We made, we've made mistakes every game. Every team does, but not to that degree. I have, I just do not see us making th- that many debilitating mistakes in one game again well, against it, the same like opponent. It was things like, you know, like the deep wall to Slate. I mean, that was a, that was a mistake on our part because Paris we lost just the never ball. found the ball. It, 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 well, if you go back, I was watching the replay again this week to kind of break for, in, prepar- in preparation to break down this game. Yes, Parrish couldn't find the ball. He was he was to blame partly for that. But Aaron Davis, I don't know what Aaron yeah, Davis he was doing. Get there. He, he waited too long. I don't know what he was doing. I, I honestly, I I've, I've, I went back and watched it. It was painful to do this. I went back and watched it that play ten times over, and I just was trying to figure out what was Aaron Davis doing. I don't know. And, and, and that, that's what I was talking about with the lack of discipline. Yeah. I mean, things like that. Things I mean, that we haven't done all year. Yeah, it's just things we haven't done all year. So. And I, and I think, honestly, right there, just cleaning the game up, cleaning up what we're doing and playing assignment football, playing discipline, that can be a huge difference, especially in a neutral site game. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And that's another that's another factor involved here. I mean, that, I mean, you and I were both at that game. That game, I mean, that crowd was nuts. And I've been to Auburn before, and it was nowhere near that level of hostility. And I think that, that was your first game there, right? Yeah. I mean, how would, you des- how would you describe that crowd? Definitely very hostile, very loud, very pumped up. Um, they they were ready to go, and I mean, I think that was the thing. The, the, they fed off the crowd's energy. Oh, there's no I mean, doubt. That's exactly they, they, they fed off of. I mean, 
Georgia, we do that all the time. I mean, you saw it in the Kentucky game for the people that were there. We were playing really flat, but once the fans started getting into it, especially at the yep. end of the first half and things like that, the team, the defense went out there and started getting some three and outs. Yeah, and, and for you, for all you guys out there that were at the game, like Curtis and I, you know what we're talking about. I mean, pregame, during the game, in between TV timeouts, I mean, yeah, they, that, they, they were have, feeding you know, off fight. that crowd. They didn't have things like find the bug or, you oh my know, God. karaoke. Jesus Christ. I mean, yeah. they kept the crowd involved. They have a legit environment there. I mean, and production-wise, getting the crowd involved. And that student section, they were nuts, man. And, and I don't, I, I take no pleasure in saying that. I don't want to give them props. But they, I mean, they were. That, I've never seen Jordan-Hare Stadium like that ever in my life. So it was a jacked-up crowd. That was, I mean, look, that, that doesn't win or lose a game, but it certainly helps you. No doubt about it. They fed off that energy. And that's not going to be the case here in the Georgia Dome. I'm not going to sit here and – I keep saying the Georgia Dome. Dude, Mercedes-Benz Stadium. Uh, but it's not going to be the case. And I'm not sitting here saying that that we're going to have an overwhelming crowd advantage against Auburn. I'm not saying that. Even, But at, at best worst-case scenario for us, it's going to be 50-50. And that's that is nowhere near what we saw at Jordan Air Stadium. It's so much easier offensively for yeah. us because that was the first time Fromm's ever really had to communicate like he did yeah. for more than a quarter, like he did against Tennessee. He had to do that the entire game. Yeah, that's definitely going to be. Uh, I mean, something that I think you absolutely have to consider. I mean, I know some people say, "Oh, who cares?" You know, but it's going to be loud here. Sure, it'll be loud in the stadium. But it's not going to be as hostile like it was. I'm just, just trust me, guys. It's not going to be that way. So I think that's a, that's a big part of it. What about uh? So you, you, one of the things that you pointed out, Curtis, and I, I totally agree with was uh, one of the reasons we lost was that they controlled the line of scrimmage, particularly their defensive front controlling our, our rushing attack. Do you expect that to change at all? Is that something that we can fix? One thing I really am interested in seeing is how Big Ben plays against that, Derek That is Brown, something that's going like to be that. – assuming Big Ben gets to start again because he played the vast majority of the game against Tech. He played even more than he did against Kentucky. Uh, he is the one major – I'm not saying – I'm not calling him a difference maker yet, but he is the one big – he is the one – piece that's different on our offensive line do you think it's gonna be that much of a difference though um i'm gonna be honest i think he's playing with a little bit more of a mean streak than uh Solly is right now and um i think i don't know how great he'll do pass blocking that's the one thing i'm worried about for him but if they get jeff blocking, holland matched I, up on it on a stunt on the interior on him mm, that's scary yeah but pat run blocking i yeah, think we blocking, can do yeah. something yeah i i think that's fair i mean that's a fair point there you got you can't Overlook Cleveland being inserted into that lineup there, assuming that he's going to be there again, uh, which I think it's probably safe to assume. If going what we've seen the past two weeks, I don't. I think he's played very well. I don't think he's doing anything to, to lose playing time. Uh, man, this is for me. This is the one that I, I don't know, man. Like I, we can definitely clean up the mistakes, uh, all the uncharacteristic things that we did. Uh, I mean, let's but, we're not going to go out there and dominate them. That's the simple fact. But no. we're going to have to. We're going to have to get at least hundred yards rushing to end open up some passing stuff. Yeah, well, I, I would, I would, I just think we need to throw the football to open up the running game. But well, I mean, if you actually look at our numbers, we threw the ball a decent amount. Of well, it's because the, it's because the second in the second half we had to. We we were completely out of the game, so we just had to throw, 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 throw. And I, I, I want us to throw the football without being down twenty plus points. That's what I think is going to open up the running game. Because to me, like, here's what this is the one thing that really still concerns me about this game. I think it's a bad matchup. This defensive front against our offensive line. Our offensive line has been good all year, but that is an elite defensive front. And our offensive line isn't just going to magically get more talented in three weeks' time. But let's be honest, they have the best defensive front money can buy. Uh, <laughs> you can say that. I don't. I don't I'm not gonna, you're not going to get any argument out of me on that. Uh, but it's, but regardless of how they got those guys and, procur- and procured that talent, they got them. They got them right now, and we got to deal with them. Uh, so I don't think our offensive line is going to magically get more talented in three weeks' time. But I think what we can do is we can help the situation by making it less predictable 
in terms of when we run it. Because, I mean, if you go back and watch that game again, and it's the same thing I saw live, the boxes, especially on early downs, were flat out just loaded. Like like they have been every single game that we played this year, right? They have been. Uh, and, and when they didn't load the boxes, those safeties were flying downhill at the slightest hint of a run because they simply did not respect, number one, our willingness, and number two, our ability to consistently throw it on early downs. Well, I think it was more they didn't respect our willingness to throw it down. I think, I think they thought that we were just going to run the football come hell or high water, no matter what. Because that's what we've done all year. Teams have stacked the boxes every single week, and we still run the football, and we still, have, we still run it with a lot of success. But like you pointed out a second ago, Kurt, this is the best defensive front that we faced all year. That wasn't going to work against this front. And we I mean, just. You even heard Kirby say in interviews. I mean, he's like, they're asking, have you gotten better? He's like, I mean, I, I think, but we don't know because we haven't played in Auburn. Yeah, we haven't played that kind of front. You're absolutely right. We haven't played that kind of front again. I mean, Kentucky's not nowhere near that. Tech, hell no, not even close. So for me, I think we have to be more balanced on early downs, okay? So, and then just give you a number here. I'm not going to throw too many numbers at you, but. Against Auburn in the first half, and I am only counting the first half against Auburn because the second half I'm throwing out in terms of like looking at when we passed it, when we didn't pass it. Because the second half we were down so much, we basically were just throwing, throwing, throwing for the vast majority of the time, more so than we would normally do. So if you look at the first half of that game against Auburn, on first and second down, we ran the football 79% of the time. Okay, now if you take the entirety of the Georgia Tech game, okay, first and second half, again, Take first and second downs throughout that entire Tech game. We ran the football 79% of the time on first and second down against Tech. The same, and I didn't make these numbers up, guys, trust me. And I checked my, I suck at math, but I checked my math multiple times to make sure. 79% of the time in the first half against Auburn on first and second down, we ran the football. 79% of the time against Tech the entire game on first and second down, we ran the football. Well, the results were very different, right? Against Tech, we were able to control the clock and just ram the football down their throat at will. Against Auburn, not so much. And that's clear, clearly the reason why it says Auburn's defensive front is head and shoulders above better than Tech. They are not the kind of team that we can just run the football 80, 80-ish percent of the time on first, second down. We cannot be that predictable against a front that good. Against the Kentuckys, against the Techs of the world, yeah, we can afford to be that predictable on early downs because we can still run the ball down their throat because we're just that much better than them. But we're not that much better than Auburn's defensive front. So we can't be that arrogant and just say, you know what, first, second down, hell yeah, 80% of the time we're going to run the football. We can't do that, all right? We've got to be more balanced running and throwing the football on first and second down. I'm not saying 50% of the time we got to throw the ball on first and second down, but we've we got to throw the ball more than only 21% of the time on first and second down against Auburn if we want to have a chance. Because that is what, I mean, it's not just having success throwing the football and getting those yards, that's important. But if you talk about opening up the running game, making the running game more effective, that's how we're going to make the running game more effective. If Auburn stacks the, bo- the box all game long, we're not going to have much more success running the football than we did against them the first time around. We're really not. We're going to have to force them into some different looks. And the way we're going to force them into different looks is by throwing the football on early downs. All right? I mean, the, when we did throw in early downs, like that uh, that first drive when we went down the field, 70 yards, marched down the field, well, we, we completed a third and long to, to, to uh, Wims. Uh, down the side, makes a great play on the ball. And then we come back the very next play, go play action on first down, hit Terry Godwin for another 26-yard gain. That play to Riley Ridley that should have been a touchdown, right? That should have been a walk-in touchdown. That was on first down. Flea flicker on first down. It was there. When we tried to throw it on first down, it was there. We just didn't execute. And we didn't throw it on first down enough. If we go to it more often on Saturday, I'm telling you guys, the opportunities are going to be there. It's just going to be up to us to actually execute and convert the opportunities. That's all it's going to be. So I think we've got to be more willing to take those vertical shots, to force them out of those looks, 
Uh, but the question, Kurt, like, do you think we have guys? They were pressing us. We talked about how they were pressing us on the, on the perimeter there uh, at the wide receiver position. Do you think we have guys who can get off that press and, and beat Auburn in some vertical situations? One thing I do have to bring up is, the, you know, the thing that's been talked about but it hasn't been mentioned that much was Gary's little thing into Kirby. The, Gary. About their whole, they're, they're holding our receivers at the line of scrimmage. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll bring um, it. I think that could come into play because now that it's been made public, I mean, I think that that's one thing that's going to be a, uh, some attention is going to be placed on that. And I don't, I, you know, I, I mean, we don't have the type film that they do in college, but you know, it did seem our receivers. I, you know, I think that they were doing a good job of jamming them. I think they also made. There, there was some. I don't want to be sour grapes, but you're right. There was some holding there. There was. Uh, but I think the biggest thing is to do that. Your art. I mean, I think we have the guys that can get open. It's more of drawing up the plays to get them open. I mean, like we said, that first drive, they were open. It was more, but then they, they pretty much just sat. And the one thing they did for it that, I, you know, I personally have thought a lot of teams were going to do is they were pressing us and just taking away the intermediate routes where Jake Fromm was more comfortable. With the RPO they stuff. They have to challenge them downfield. Yeah, they, they were trying. Honestly, they, they what we've done all year long is we run the football and then we give Fromm the option to pull it and throw an RPO, essentially. Right? That's what we do. Give him give him the option on the line of scrimmage to read the, to read a defender and see what he's doing and puts us in the best chance to have a successful play on those early downs. Auburn knew that. And they know, like I said earlier... The primary, the primary RPO that we're running are these slants across the middle where he's reading a linebacker, the linebacker crashes, take the run, he throws the he throws it, or it could be the nickelback sometimes, the guy that we're reading, it, it fluctuates from, from game to game. But he reads the defender, if the defender crashes against the run, he pulls it and throws the receiver. If the defender stays and covers the pass, he hands off the running back and got numbers advantage in the box. Well, they were taking they were taking those plays away from us by pressing us and kind of just throwing off the timing. Because RPOs are very timing-oriented plays. You've got to have a receiver in the spot at a certain time. And if you, if you, if you hold him up a split second by pressing him, it throws the entire timing of those plays off. So I think you're exactly right. They did definitely try to take those away. And I think the way you answer that is you've got to be able to take those vertical shots and you've got to hit them. So do you think we have the guys that can go vertical and get open against this Auburn defensive backfield? Oh, I'm gonna, I, you know who I think is going to be the difference maker in this game? Who's that? Uh, be Cole Harmon. We're going to have yeah. to get him open. Um, if I'm – Match him the slot. Yeah, if I'm our offensive coordinator, one thing I really try to do is try to draw up plays to get me Cole on their linebackers. And if they're going to go man like that, let, and they're going to press us, let's pick them. On wins too. Yeah. Oh, of course. I think we're going to have Carlton Davis on Javon Wims most of the game. Carlton Davis is their best cover guy. He's got some good length. He can match up a little bit better with Javon Wims. But I think we've got to, we've got to, like you you said, you talked about schematically, we've got to get these guys open. We've got to scheme ways to get these guys running free. Uh, we're talking pick plays, rub or rub routes, whatever you want to call them, uh, crossing routes. We've got to be able to do those things to kind of scheme a way to get some of these guys open. And we got to, like, like think about it. They, they had multiple trick plays in the first half against us. They threw the kitchen sink at us offensively. We got to do the same to them this time around. You know, we can't hold anything back. What do we got to hold yeah, back? I agree. And that's the thing. We have to play with the what do we have, you know. What do we have to lose? I mean, there's a lot yeah. to lose, but we, we just have to have the no fear attitude. I think, yeah, I think. Um, got to hunt. Yeah, we, I th- we were, you know, one of the biggest thing is Kirby talks about being the hunter and that game, we, we were did not. They, they, that's one thing I have in my notes I was going to talk about later. You're exactly right. You, you spoiled my little surprise there, but you're exactly right. Kirby talks about we want to we want to go hunt, right? Well, in that game, we were the hunted. They they were hunting us. Okay, there's just no doubt about it. They came out. They were the aggressor in that game from the get go. I know we scored in that first drive, but they they were the aggressor in that game almost the entire game, and and we let it happen. We can't let that happen this time. We've got to take it to them. We've got to be the aggressor. 
just like we had to be the aggressor against Tech last week and get out to a lead to kind of be able to, to run our, our game and kind of control the clock. We've got to do that against Auburn as well here. Uh, all right, what about, though, all right, so they, you know, they stopped our run game, obviously, but they also had a good amount of success running the football over 200 yards rushing. So, Kurt, on the other side of the ball there, do you, do you expect it to be much, anything much different with their running attack? Are they going to be able to run the football as well as they did in that first matchup, or are we going to have Let's something be honest, for them? It all really comes down to uh, on Johnson. I mean, that's a big part of this, man. Because, let's be honest, uh, their other running back is not as good as Carrion. And Cam I Martin. think the one thing that's not going to be talked about enough is, depending on Carrion's health, is his pass blocking. Absolutely. That, nobody wants to talk about that with running backs. plays come on uh, deep passes, and they need him in there to block. Because we were getting some type of pressure. But if he's, and if he's times not in we there were, to yeah. block on the deep pass plays, that really will affect them. He picked up a couple of big blocks against Alabama as well before he got hurt. Uh, and and it's it's not that maybe the guys that they have behind them can't do that. Well, they're not as big as Carry On, but it's not, not necessarily even that. It's just that they haven't had to do it. They haven't been out there because he gets about every freaking snap they've got. He gets almost there, not all the carries, but the vast majority of them. So I mean, like if he doesn't play, how big of a blow is that to them in your mind? I think it is. I think it not only affects him in the run game because he does stuff like Wildcat and stuff, but it, like I said, it affects him in the passing game because they want to attack you deep. That's their biggest thing is they go for the deep ball. They, they are. They are not, like, like we talked about in the Auburn preview show a couple weeks ago, They it looks different than our offense, but philosophically, it's almost a carbon copy. They want to run the football like we want to run the football, and they want to hit you deep off play action, the same as we want to do. They do it a little bit differently. The window dressing's different, but that's the same core philosophy, right? Yeah, 100%. It is. So, I mean, look, Carrion Johnson, would you agree? Like, he is their bread and butter. He's their alpha and omega, their dude, right? Yeah. I mean, for that entire team, not just offensively, the entire team. Uh, and, like, for me, the thing about him, like, I'll say this. Carrion Johnson is a – he's a really good talent, all right? I don't want to take anything away from Carrion Johnson. He is a really, really good talent. But the way they scheme up their offense – really works as advantage and actually makes him better than he even is. He's a good player, but they, the way they scheme it makes him better, uh, makes him even better than what he what he really is talent-wise because on their offense, it's built to have multiple options on just about every single play. Rarely, when they call a play, is it either 100% run play or 100% pass play, especially on early downs. The quarterback simply reacts to what the defense is trying to take away and then attacks the defense where they're vulnerable. I'll just give you guys an example. Uh, there's There was one instance, they ran this play multiple times throughout the game, but there was one instance in the first half on one of the drives, they ran the same play three times in a row. And they, they, they window dressed it, they dressed it up differently, put different guys in motion and it looked a little different, but it was the same play. What they did is they put, the first two times it was Eli Stowe, the third time it was uh, it was Davis, and they put them two wide receivers. They lined them up essentially, but right when the ball was snapped, they were at H back, right? They kind of lined up the H back roll, and then at the snap of the ball, they come behind the line of scrimmage from one side to the other. And when they do that, Stidham reads the backside inside linebacker. If that backside inside linebacker for us, uh, the first time it was it was Natrez, then it was Reggie Carter. Uh, I think it was the first two times it was Natrez, then Reggie came in. And they read that backside out inside linebacker. If that backside inside linebacker crashes on the run, then he throws the wide receiver because technically if it was a pass, that's who the backside linebacker would have a man coverage. When he crashed on the runs, there's nobody there. Uh, but if the backside linebacker defends the wide receiver, the third time we finally did, we defended the wide receiver. But when he does that, he hands the ball off to Johnson because they have the numbers advantage in the box and carry on gets a big gain. So Johnson is really good. He is. 
but he's made to look like Superman because he's running into favorable boxes from a numbers perspective almost every time he touches the ball. And that's very, very tough to defend. It, now, if you have now, they'll do the same things with other guys, but they're not quite carry on Johnson. They don't have the, the the burst. They don't have the patience and the vision, and they don't run with the violence that carry on Johnson. Because a lot of what he does, like when he gets in open space, he'll get you an extra couple yards by falling forward. Because he just runs so hard. And Cam Martin, the the guy, if if carry on's not healthy, it's going to be Cam Martin. And he's a small dude. He's like 180 pounds. He is the definition of a scat back. He is. He really is the definition of scat back. And he's a very different runner. And I think, like I said, like we talked about how they're kind of a carbon copy philosophically of us offensively. They are a power running team, guys. I know they don't look like that, but they are. And their power running game takes a big hit when Carryon Johnson's not in there because you got 180-pound Cam Martin doing the heavy lifting. And if you take away their power running game, that hurts them offensively because that's what they do best, right? Yeah. That's what they do best. So I think if he's not playing, clearly it is going to be a big blow, a huge blow. And even if he does play, he's not the same player, and he can't run the same power uh, and same tenacity, then I think it's still going to be a blow for them. So I, I, I think his health is definitely something to watch here. Now, and, and one thing I want to talk about too is even if he plays, we know he's injured. And this is one right. thing I don't think people are going to realize and understand or have thought about. But we're not playing on a regular grass surface. We're in a dome with a turf. It if hurts. you get slammed, yeah. I've played, I played yeah, on it before. It hurts. Yeah, it doesn't give you any any you know you don't give get anything. That's why people get hurt with uh, injuries a lot more in domes because you the ground's so much harder. So if he gets slammed or hit hard, I think it's going to re aggravate that injury even if he tries to play because he's not going to be hundred percent. Right, they're calling so it a stinger, right? They're calling it a, a deep stinger. It's it's good. I, I wouldn't be shocked to see it re aggravate on that yeah. hard surface. And a stinger, a deep stinger like he's gotten that, it, which is like a it's like a nerve type thing. That's the thing that can be aggravated by a tough hit to the ground. It's not concrete, but a, a, a very tough hit to the ground where you're getting it's hit by a defender grass. and you're falling it's, hard. It's not dirt, right? And uh, yeah, it's not dirt. It's just not as forgiving. It's simply you're right. It's, you're simply right. It's it's just not as forgiving. I played on a lot of grass services and played on turf services, and there, it's night and day. It's definitely it's the major difference in terms of when you hit the ground there. So I, I think, I mean, I, I do think it's going to be an, uh, it's going to have an impact on this game. We'll see if he's healthy. We're not going to know. They're not going to give us anything. They're going to make us prepare Maybe for him. Dumb to tell us something. Yeah, they absolutely 100 percent would be dumb. And, you know, some people were saying, well, they had Carrion Johnson out for, for interviews. They had him on the SEC teleconference. So that means he's playing. I'm like, not, not necessarily. You, 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 you don't think that Gus Malzahn has it in him to play mind games with us, really? You think he's above that? No way. No way. Just because he's doing interviews doesn't mean that he's going to be playing. They're messing with us and making us prepare like he's going to play. And maybe he will. I don't know. I mean, I, I, do you want him to play, Kurt? Like, it, it, there's two different scenarios here, or two different, I guess, mindsets. Like, there's one mindset that's like, well, I don't, I won't give us the best chance to win no matter what. So if Karen Johnson doesn't play, that gives us a better chance. But the other mindset is, look, I want to beat Auburn when they're the best. I don't want anybody to be able to say that, hey, you know what, we only beat Auburn because Karen Johnson wasn't playing. So if you had to pick here, would you rather him play or not? Uh, I would love to see him play and us knock him out of the game. <sighs> I don't want anybody. I don't want anybody to get hurt. I, but, I, mean, I just want us to win this football not game, man. In, in his career injury, but re-aggravated already injury. So you basically rather him not play. You'd rather him just not play. For running him thirty times a game in a physical contest. Absolutely. That it's at some point it's going to come back in the SEC. It's going to come back to bite you, and it did. It came back to bite them. I know you can say, well, it's just one play. It was a fluke thing, maybe. But you can't sit here and tell me that that's not. There's not some sort of accumulative wear and tear factor associated with him running the ball thirty plus times a game. You know, I mean, you just you can't you can't convince me of that. There's not something there. I don't know, uh, but going back to like, are we going to be able to to hold this uh, this offensive rushing attack in check more so than we did the first time? I don't, I don't know. I think it's I do think it's going to be tough 
I really do because, like I said, uh, you know the, the way that they scheme up the running game, it, it's it's just so tough to defend because there are multiple options on any given play. And when they do run the ball, it's typically they're going to run into a favorable box. That's tough. That's really tough. Uh, but I think we'll defend it better than we did the first time around. Is that fair to say? Oh, yeah. Just by virtue of having seen it and having played it and having repped against it in game action. I don't know how much better. I don't know the degree to which we'll improve, but I imagine we'll play it a little bit better. Especially if he, I mean, even Kerry Johnson plays, he's not going to be 100%. I don't know what percent he'll be, but I just can't imagine he's going to be 100%. I just can't. All right, so let's take a, let's take, let's look at it this way, all right? Obviously, we've, now we've talked about this a little bit, but let's get a little more specific here. We've talked about the issues we had against the Auburn defense, and our game plan offensively just, it didn't cut it, obviously, that first time around. So, Kurt, how, if you're Jim Chaney, if you're Kirby Smart, and the, and the entire offensive staff, how would you adjust the game plan to attack the Auburn defense here in this rematch? Um, I think the biggest thing, if you saw anything at Alabama, I don't know why they went away from it, but you got to run on the edge. Run on the edge, quick passes, get the ball on the edge, right? However you get the ball on the edge, throw it, run it, get the ball on the edge, let your get the ball in your playmaker's hands, and they'll make plays, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's a big part of it. I, if, if for me, like, I guess I've kind of mentioned this, but we were just arrogant, guys. We were arrogant, and we played right into their hands the first time around. They want teams to try to line up and run the ball down their throat because they know there's not many teams in the country that can do that. So we thought, you know what? We've done everybody we played this year, so why can't we do it to Auburn? Well, we found out the hard way. Auburn's defense is just a little bit different than the other defenses that we faced all year. So we were a little too arrogant, and we kind of played into their hands the first time around. We thought what we could do We thought we could do what we've done to everybody else to the best defense front we faced, and it just didn't work out that way. So for me, like I kind of mentioned earlier, I think we've got to, on early downs, we've got to throw the football to keep us out of those third and long situations and just mix it up. Now, I'm not saying throw the ball every first and second down, but mix it up. Be more balanced on early downs to kind of keep us out of those third and long situations, which will put the entire t- offense and more important, and Jake Fromm himself in favorable downs and distances to where we can have a little bit more success. Because the problem was, in my view, Auburn just simply knew what we were going to do. Like, and everyone else has known what we we're going to do too. But again, Auburn's defense is just a, it's a different animal. They were, more, they were talented enough to stone us and put us in those unfavorable third down and long situations where then they were unable they were able to unleash the best pass rush in the SEC in Jeff Holland. And you got Marlon Davis on the other side who's not too shabby himself. So we just can't allow ourselves to get in those situations. I think we absolutely have to be willing to throw in our early downs a lot more than 21% 21% of the time. Uh, not, not necessarily being balanced in terms of throwing it and running it 50-50 overall, just being more balanced on those early downs. And, and take advantage of the looks that they present us. I think that's actually going to help the running game. It's going to keep them off balance and keep bodies out of the box. What else, here's a popular thing that we heard after that game. People are like, I'm, what happened to the screen? What happened to the tight ends? Does Georgia run a screen all year? Is that something you want to see more of this year? Screens, tight end passes? Um, I mean, let's be honest. The times we try to get on tight ends, they haven't been open. It, exactly. Exactly. It's, it's how teams are defending us. Like, Guys, the vast majority of the time. When it comes to third down plays, we tried to throw to the tight end multiple times on third down and things like that. There was a third and three in the first half, yeah. There was a third and three in the first half. We tried to go to Nauta, and they came up. It was it was Steven Roberts, and he came up and just was all over Nauta and, and defended the pass. So I they get, just got to get open. It never, with, the, with the screen thing, I get what people are saying. Like, hey, if you're facing a team that's got great pass rush and they play really aggressive, hey, why, why don't you screen them and slow down that pass rush? That makes sense, right? 
But the thing is, you got to think about how teams are defending us. They defend us by playing vast amounts of man coverage. And screens are very difficult against man coverage because you have a guy who's assigned to cover the running back. So you're not going to deceive him because he's looking at the running back the entire time. Uh, where they're much screens are much more effective against zone looks, and I'm not saying they're going to run man 100% of the downs against us, but they ran the man the vast majority of the time uh, the first time around, and it's just hard to run screens against those looks. It really is. And when and then with the tight ends with stacked boxes, you have safeties up in the box, so they're right there in the face of the tight ends, and they can defend them from the jump. What I would do, and I'm, I'm, I'm curious to get your thoughts, is use running backs in the pass game, but not not necessarily in, with screens. I'm talking about getting them out in pass routes and force their inside linebackers well, to cover them. Really We're going to have to do it with people like Sony because we'll be trying to do it with... Uh... Swift, they know it's coming. Exactly, we're gonna have to. We're gonna have to do it with Sony and Nick. And Nick, I know he's not the best guy out of the backfield as a receiver, but he can get the job done. You got to put them, especially Sony, because he's a guy that I think has been vastly underutilized in the passing game from that running back position. Line him up in the backfield. I'm not talking about putting him in the slot. When they put him in the slot. You know what they're what we're doing with them. But if you put him in the backfield and have them run little angle routes or option routes, whip routes, whatever it is against those inside linebackers. We can win those matchups. That's a matchup we can win because their inside linebackers are they're good defending the ball, uh, defending the run downhill, but they're not great in coverage. Like Deshaun Davis is a good player at linebacker, but he's not great in coverage. Sonny would eat him alive. He would eat him alive if we get him matched up. So I want to see us using running backs in the pass game, not the screen game, but using the pass game, put them out there running routes and let them do things. Let short little routes, get the ball in playmakers' hands, and let's see what they can do. And like I said a little earlier, throw the kitchen sink at him, man. You know, be the aggressor, go hunt. Again, we let ourselves be the hunt of the first go-around, and we need to reverse that mindset and go hunting ourselves this time around. All right, got Kurt, on the flip side here, how would you adjust the defensive game plan to attack the Auburn offense? Would you do much differently? Um, I mean, let's be honest. Most of the first half, we controlled the game. And, we, we held the three really field goals in the first half. Early in the first half. happened, and that's because of more or less our defense was just worn out. I mean, it will be nice to and have the snowball the effect. they're more Reggie. Yeah, that, I, actually, I have that written in my notes, too. I think that's, that's going to be a big deal, having Atrez in there. Uh, in fact, I'll say this. I think one of the things that we need to do more so in this game is get more speed and athleticism on the field. And by that, I'll, I'll name some guys specifically. DeAndre Walker needs to be on the field. All right? And I know that, that he plays on discipline sometimes. I get that. But it's not like Devin Bellamy's playing any more discipline than DeAndre Walker is right now, is he? No, not, not at all right now. I agree. Walker brings speed. I mean, Walker made some big tack. Like, let's be honest, right before he gets He had a sack against Tech in the, or against Auburn in the first game. Yeah, right before he gets the leaping penalty, he had a sack. Yeah, he got the sack that, that forced the punt, right? Yeah. He did. I mean, it, and it was like an effort. His sack's like effortless. He just, he just flies by the finish. And, and their tackle, Brady James, out there, he is not a great uh pass block he's really not if we have the thing is with Bellamy and Carter on the field especially with Bellamy they're not really as much of a threat to rush the passer like like DeAndre Walker he's clearly our our most dangerous pure pass rusher and we need to get him on the field and disrupt things back there in that backfield and look I know he does play undisciplined at times but again it's not like Davin Bellamy is playing any more discipline DeAndre Walker is the, the past couple games he just isn't I mean Bellamy killed us killed us with his undisciplined play on the perimeter in that game absolutely destroyed us with, with that play. He was play. playing terrible against teams like Tech. He, he, I, I know doing the same thing. And it, he's got to correct it. I don't know. Right, right now, I just don't know if I have any more faith in correcting those things. And Walker's coming on. He brings more speed, more athleticism on the field. So if guys are going to play with, with, with reckless abandon, whether it's Walker or Bellamy, if they're both going to play with reckless abandon and make mistakes out there playing with undisciplined, well then, go ahead and put Walker out there because at least he brings some speed and athleticism to the field that Bellamy doesn't. 
So I want to see him on the field. And, and I want – I love the guy. He's a, he's a DGD. But Reggie Carter, man, I want him used sparingly in this game. He played about, what, 65 70% of the snaps or so. I'd say about 65% of the snaps uh, against Auburn the first time around. Well, that can't happen this time around. I mean, and nature has kind of get back in the swing of things. Got the start against Tech. I would say, I, I mean, Reggie, we need to use him to spell Roquan and to spell Natrez, but he doesn't need to play any more than twenty to twenty-five percent of the snaps. I, I would feel comfortable with that. I agree. He needs to play maybe one, one, a couple snaps every three series or yeah. three yeah. downs. Yeah, I, I'm with that for sure. And you know, the, the similar things, mix up coverages. Uh, but I'm really like defensively though. I'm really n- not sure. There's really all that much we can do differently. I, I, the one person I do want to see clean some stuff up. We, I mean, we all know is Parrish. Well, yeah. I mean, but, but that's like uh, that's a fundamental type thing, right? That's an execution deal. I'm talking about like schematically. Like I don't think there's that much that we can do all that differently from a schematic standpoint. Do you? No. Yeah. I mean, schematically, we were there to make the play. We just have to execute. Yeah. It's it's honestly it's about execution. It's about not. It's about uh, playing with proper leverage on the outside. If you're Davin Bellamy or Enzo Carter or DeAndre Walker, it's about playing with proper hands or using your hands properly uh, on the inside, on the interior there. Tackling. We didn't tackle well at all. Finding the ball when they put the ball up in, in, in the air. Not hitting players when they're out of bounds. Just execute the defense because the way Auburn defends you, honestly, schematically, I mean, there's a, I guess there's some things you can do to try to take, to take away the run game, load the box, whatever, but... Like I said earlier, they have an answer for everything you do. They they simply they go to the line with multiple options every single play, and whatever you do, they're going to do the opposite, right? They're going to attack you where you're vulnerable. So you simply just have to execute and beat them man up. You just got to beat them. Beat the blocks, uh, uh, beat receivers down the field, cover them. You just got to execute better. And we did for the vast majority of that first half, with a few exceptions. The second half, it just got out of control, and we just, I don't know, we just kind of lost it. And I don't want to say we gave up, but, man, we were just worn down. You can definitely say that for sure. All right, Kurt, let's uh, let's get close to wrapping this up here, man. All right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let you, I'm going to do a little something we've done in the past. And instead of asking for a key to the game, I guess this is a different way to ask for a key to the game, I'm going to give you a sentence stem. I want you to finish the sentence for me. Sound good? Yeah. All right, here it is. Georgia will win if... We uh, complete early passes. Yeah, I, I, that's something similar to what I have here. I mean, if we are – that's actually exactly what I have. If we are able to I, – I think Georgia will win if we are able to successfully throw the football on early downs because that is what's going to open up the running game. If this defense puts eight nine guys – they're not going to put nine guys in the box, but they have seven or eight guys in the box and they have safeties flying downhill at the slightest hint of a run – we're just not going to have that much more success running the football. We're probably running for more than 46 yards, but not for a large amount more. It's, we're just not going to. So we've got to loosen the box up, and the way to do that is to be more balanced, throwing the football a little bit more on early downs. And that's going to open the running game. It's going to give us opportunities to make plays down the field. Because, when, again, when we went to those plays, throwing the football on early downs, we had success. The plays were there. They're going to be there again, guys. Auburn's not going to do much differently in defending us. Why would they? They'd shut us down. They held us the second lowest uh, output of the year defensively. The only team that, that uh, ran for less, that had less yards against them uh, than we did was Georgia Southern the first week of the year, guys. That's embarrassing. So why would they do anything differently? So we've just got to figure out different ways to attack it, which in my opinion would be to throw the football more in early downs. Simple as that. All right, Kurt. Moment of truth here, man. Give me your prediction. Give me a little explanation on where you're going. I think I'm going to go with us 24-21. Woo! I, 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 dude, I, I know it's, I sound like a homer. I kind of 
I I feel pretty good about this game. I really do. And I and guys, trust me. I'm I am like the anti feeling good about games. I'm the guy that's like the nervous Nancy. Like I just think we're gonna lose every single game because I just to me like it, it's the it's for me it's it's easier that way. It, it hurts a little less when we lose. I just I expect the worst and hope for the best. But this game, I'm not necessarily expecting the worst. I feel it, it, it's it's a gut feeling, but I feel solid about this game. I trust our guys. Uh, I like the revenge aspect to this. I just trust our coaching staff to have our guys ready. I'm not saying we're 100 percent going to win this football game, but I don't think our coaching staff is going to allow us is going to put us in a position to lose that badly. And I think we're going to have. I think it's going to come down late in the game, and we're going to we're going to be in position to have a chance to win. That's all you can ask for. Give yourself a chance. Put yourself in a position where you have a chance to win late in the game, and I think we're going to be in that spot. So, you guys know I don't make a a, a pick because I just uh, you know some, I can't ever pick against them. I think we're going to lose. You guys know the deal. So I go with my confidence meter. I got my confidence meter firmly at a five, and I know that's like a fifty fifty shot, right? It's a toss up. Um, so it doesn't seem like I'm being overly aggressive there, and I'm not. Uh, but if you look at, again, if you look at the score. Most people would say, "Well, God, Auburn's just going to roll Jordan. They beat them 23 points, 40 to 17 the first time around." So I mean, so considering we got smacked by 23 points that first game, it kind of does sound ridiculous to suggest that we're going to win this game. But as we talked about earlier, I think you have to look beyond the box score at the larger context of that first game. I mean, you, you like we said, Kurt, you were and I were in that stadium three weeks ago. It was hostile. It was loud, louder than I've ever heard that stadium, and they fed off that crowd. Trust me. And that's not going to happen this week. And I did the math. According to my math, and Kurt, check me if I'm wrong here, man. I counted up. It was a 31-point swing based off solely our mistakes, okay? If you look at the leaping penalty after forcing a punt, right, that led to a touchdown. That's a seven-point swing right there, right? All right? Then we missed a walk-in touchdown pass. Should have been seven points in our favor. Missed it. That's 14 points there. We had on the flea flicker, the flea flicker. We had three different wide receivers running wide open down the field for touchdowns. But Fromm couldn't get the ball off because we blew a blocking assignment. Maybe that's something Auburn forced if they're good defensively, whatever. But that could have been 21 points right there. Then you got the missed field goal after Mecole's big punt return, that last possession before the first half. That would have put us within one score. Would have put us at 16-10 there going into the second half with a totally different feel going into, that, into halftime there. That's 24 points. And then you got the muff punt right uh, that, that set up an Auburn score right after forcing a punt to open the second half. All right, that's 31 points that we basically gave them. Can you? Is there any argument? I mean, is that that's true? Right? Am I right there? Probably. Yeah. That, that's. I mean, it's 31 points. It's 31 points. Okay, if you look at all those mistakes. Uh, and really, all of those mistakes, like we talked about earlier, except for the, the misblock and the flea flicker, were unforced errors. Auburn had nothing to do with those mistakes. That was just simply poor execution on our part. And the thing is, we haven't made those type of mistakes in any game before the Auburn game. It's been the anomaly. So I just don't expect us to make those same mistakes again. Auburn is, guys, they are as hot as any team in the country right now. They really are. And they may just be better than us. Okay, I'm not ruling that out. They may just be better than us. They may beat us again Saturday. But I will still contend they are not... 23 points better than us on a neutral field. I just don't believe it. I, I I mean, Kurt, would you say that their overall talent level is fairly even with ours overall up and down the roster? Up and down the roster, yeah, they have the edge on the line of scrimmage, but that's uh, defensive, but that's it. Yeah, I mean, I think they're better than us in some spots, right? But I, we're better than them in some spots, too. I mean, so I think if you look up and down the roster, I think the talent's fairly evil. Or even, not evil, even. I, I, like you mentioned, I will say that Auburn defensive line is a pretty bad matchup for our offensive line. That's true. You can't gloss over that. But I do think there are things that we can do schematically to somewhat neutralize that that matchup, their defensive line against our offensive line. 
Now, whether we learned our lesson the first time around or not, that remains to be seen. But they were giving up opportunities that we just refused to take. We, they, they really were. So ultimately, I do believe the talent level is fairly even. And in any game where the talent level is comparable, it usually comes down to deployment and execution. How do the coaches deploy their resources, the players, at their disposal, which I think is very much up in the air for us at this point. I hope we'll do a better job of that, but we just don't know. And then the second thing is, how does the team execute the plan they are given? Which team minimizes their mistakes? Which team maximizes their opportunities? And that's just really hard to predict. It's just really hard to predict that for any given game. So for me, that's why I have this game at a five. It's a complete toss-up. I can't predict who's going to execute better and who's going to make more dumb mistakes. I can't do that. It's hard to predict. It just happens. So I think, I'll say this. I think we have just as good a chance of winning this game as Auburn does. It's just going to come down to who makes the plays. We just have to make more plays when they are there. And that's something we didn't do the first time against Auburn. We just got to make the plays when they're there. All right? So that's that's all I got, man. But uh, it's going to be epic, guys. I, I'm, I cannot put it into words. I really can't. How excited I am for this game. I mean, this could, I mean, put us in the playoff conversation. I mean, this legitimately could put us in the national title, serious national title conversation. We're already in that conversation, but being in the playoffs, I mean, dude, it's there for the taking. So, huge game. We all know that. But uh, it's going to be awesome. I hope we all have a, a very incredible Saturday night. That would be awesome. Just fingers crossed. Fingers crossed there. But that's going to do it for us here on the show today, guys. Uh, we really, really, really sincerely appreciate you guys listening. We really do. Uh, for Curtis, I'm Tyler. And as always, guys, go dogs. Let's get this done. <laughs>